magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. It is Friday, October 28th and trending this hour, the World Series. It begins tonight at 8 o'clock on Fox. It is between the Braves and the Phillies. No, it's between the Astros and the Phillies. I just asked you that, and you said yes, Braves. Oh, I don't listen to you when you ask me things. So I wrote wrong, down the wrong, wrong thing. Wrong league. No, close enough, though. <laughs> Who is it? The Astros. The Astros. Okay. First pitch, 803. Also trending, the mortgage rates. They're topping 7% for the first time since April of 2002. And this one, I don't know if you've seen yet. Uh-oh. Finally trending, Giselle Bündchen. Oh, filed for divorce from no Tom Brady. No kidding. Yeah, TMZ is reporting that wow. she did file for divorce. And he lost that game last night. Well, you know, it's, it's that re- could explain it. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting because and ha- Hammer, I think it was Hammer, I don't know if Nigel was uh, in on this thread with us. I think it was just me and Hammer. We're going back and forth last week when Brady lost to I can't remember what team. Oh, it was the Panthers, who are terrible. And we were talking about how in sports it, especially football, it is so rare that you see the great players walk off on their own terms, right? Like not by force, not a shell of them for their former selves, not, you know, it's very rare you see in athletics and especially football, somebody walk out as we remember them. Like John Elway is one that comes to mind. But for the most part, I mean, Joe Montana was okay at the end when he was a part of the Chiefs, but he wasn't, you know, what we really remember, but he wasn't awful. Marino lost, got blown out in his final playoff game and was kind of a shell of himself. But, I mean, you think about most quarterbacks. Like, Brett Favre went out on his back, basically unable to move with Brian Urlacher peering over him. Peyton Manning, yes, he won a Super Bowl, but I heard somebody always describe that. It's like on the championship team, even the worst player gets a – a trophy right mm-hmm. I mean Peyton Manning could barely throw the ball 10 yards down the field it's very rare in athletics you know Michael in, uh, athletics is a collective like Michael Jordan comes to mind mm-hmm. went out on top yes he came back with the Wizards but he's still a pretty good player he still made the all-star team and Tom Brady had an opportunity to do that last year he was still one of it 44 years old Gronk went out on top not a, the, quor- not a quarterback but w- w- one of the one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the league he was obviously the greatest quarterback who had ever lived yes you didn't go out a Super Bowl champion but that wasn't your fault he still had let a drive late I think that got him in the lead in that in that championship game there's no shame in that most people don't go out a Super Bowl champ and yet he came back and why he came back when clearly, I don't want to say his heart hasn't been in it, but his total dedication was not in it. And Tom Brady should know better than anyone Mm -hmm. that's in any professional athletic event, much less being a quarterback in the National Football League. Your absolute 100% dedication has to be in it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, he's missing practices. He's Mm -hmm. leaving for 11 days. Mm -hmm. He knows that's not how this works. And why he would do that has always been beyond me, especially knowing that your wife was not on board with it. Well, that's probably why he was missing those practices and he was... Right? 
But clearly, and he's he, underperforming. He he's not getting the support at home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, at at, 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 at Tom Brady's, you know, it's it, it, I just look at my own life. Like when I go do something, the courtesy is to ask my wife. My now, my wife has never in the two almost three years we've known each other ever said no, you can't go do this, or no, I don't want you to do this. But the courtesy is, I still ask her. Mm-hmm. You know, do we have any plans? That's just decent courtesy and if she told me no i don't want you to do something i would respect that because i know she would be passionate about it and i'm just talking about going out and doing something much less if i'm 44 years old i'm the best at whatever i've ever done i have a gajillion dollars Mm -hmm. and i play a sport where traumatic injury especially related to head trauma Mm -hmm. is part of the game if my wife told me as she clearly told him enough i do not want you to do this anymore and it is not good for our family. Look, uh, uh, this may sound bad, but I'm I'm Team Giselle in this. He's lived the life. Mm-hmm. He's done the stuff. You've won more Super Bowls. You're the greatest quarterback ever. Everybody will always remember you as that. And so, what if you'd come back and won? Even if you won another Super Bowl, is that really better than defying what your wife, who has been pretty accepting and supportive of your career, asked you not to do? Is this the picture of greed? I don't think it's greed. I just think it's a lust for greatness. I don't think Brady cares about the money. I think it's some competitive drive. Like, some people never lose the competitive drive. And this is a great example. And this is why our show is awesome. Remember last night we did the Wheel of Random? Mm -hmm. Because this is what our show does that other shows don't do. We had no plans to have this conversation. No, but it just broke. The news just happened. It may be the most important conversation we have all day. So I was thinking about this last night. When I was a younger person, I would have lived for a night with WIBC. I was the guy in the Jackson Brown song, The Loadout Stay. You know, I would stay all night, talk to every person there. Mm-hmm. I would, if it were two in the morning and a listener still wanted to have a conversation, I would do that because I lived in that moment for the absolute competitive fire and the thrill of this job. Now, fast forward 10 years, 15 years. I enjoyed at night with WIBC. I liked meeting, loved meeting our audience in the time frame we had to do that. Mm-hmm. But by the time it was done, I was ready to go home. Mm-hmm. My wife was ready to go home. And I wasn't thinking, gosh, I just hope I can stay and talk to two more people for 20 more minutes. Because as you age and evolve, you do your job. You appreciate, the, in his case, it'd be the fans. In our case, it's the listeners. But there comes a point where it's like, dude, your family Mm -hmm. and spending time with your family is the most important thing. You have to choose what is going to be your top priority in your life. Yes. And it's not like he's trying to achieve something. It's not like he said, I've got to come back so I can throw for 500 more yards or, you know, 4,000 more yards so I can become the all-time passing leader. Okay. Everybody already calls him the GOAT. Right. He's already won that award. Right. And instead of going out on top as a guy who, yes, he got beat in a, he did not win a Super Bowl, but he had a great year and his team had a great year. He will now, because that team stinks. And yes, I know he threw for over 300 yards last night, but he is a shell of himself. The team is a shell of themselves and he's going to go out. Not, I mean, everybody's still going to think he's the greatest. He's still going to have all the records, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. But you had everything. You could have been John Elway. There's a reason when John Elway won that second Super Bowl, he said, that's it. I'm out. What difference does a third make? I've got two of them. We may not win. I'm tired. I'm old. Adios. Mm -hmm. 
Apparently, he's not contesting the divorce. He said, in recent days, my wife and I finalized our divorce from one another after 13 years of marriage. We arrived at this decision amicably and with gratitude for the time we spent together. We're blessed with beautiful and wonderful children who will continue to be the center of our world in every way. We will continue to work together as parents to always ensure they receive the love and attention they deserve. So it looks like, you know, they want to they want to do it amicably to continue to co-parent. My only question is, because of who they are and how much money they have, they're not reliant on each other right. financially. Right. They have these children. They're both very attractive. They're both very successful. Right. Is it really football? What do you mean? Well, it's been published that she has told him it's either the game or it's me. Right. And he's not given up the game. I think I think it is a guy who his adrenaline rush, his high, his motivation for 23 years ish mm-hmm. has been competing at the highest level in the National Football League. And I and this is and I think this is the great takeaway from this, right? It is scary to lose something you have not only always done but always been the best at right and i understand the fear of a guy like tom brady saying what do i do now because i will never achieve the high in you know whether it's business broadcasting whatever i will never achieve that high that i have sundays on the national football league so i totally get that but here's the takeaway and this should be the takeaway for every person hearing my voice right now and i have learned this the older i have gotten and the more real it has become No matter what you do in your life, no matter what success you achieve, no matter how competitive you are, no matter what industry you are in, there will never be anything more important or a greater joy than your family. So whatever you do, always put your family first. It's 15 minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and this is 93 WIBC. Kevin. So so earlier today, we're just sitting here, and Kevin randomly looks at us and goes, so uh, you guys do anything special for Halloween? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know if you guys were going to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, like like what do Casey and I look, because Halloween's on a, like a weekday this, this year, right? I think it's on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, so do Casey and yeah. I look like the sort of people at our life experience, Kevin, that would be like... At my mature age! At a, like a local <laughs> rager on Halloween in, yeah. in a Jason Voorhees costume. In a, in a sexy nurse or a sexy kitten or a sexy witch or yeah. a sexy whatever. Yeah, I mean, you guys yeah. seem like social people. You seem like uh, there, there, you there, indulge in the libations. There and- was definitely a time in my life where that would have been a very valid question. Mm-hmm. Rob! Whose floor will you be waking up on for Halloween? <laughs> At this stage in my existence, Kevin, that is no longer a viable question for me. I'm trying to come up with what sort of creative thing I can do with the candy bowl this year. Right. When the kids ring the doorbell in an attempt to treat, uh, teach them about civics. Yeah. And of course, a couple years ago, I had the best idea ever in which I put a note on the candy bowl, which said if your parents are Biden- and or if your kids are if your kids are Trump, 
if your parents, I'm sorry, if your parents are Trump and rainwater voters, take two. Mm-hmm. If your if your parents are uh, Holcomb or Biden voters, take one because the government always gets half. And that sparked a lot of conversation throughout the entire mm-hmm. community, which you was my goal. You could do that again this year with the Secretary of State race. Well, here's the problem. And somebody has to ruin it for everyone, right? So I, I we, we tried to do that last year, too, because we tried to be respectful of whatever the COVID whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we put the bowl out there. And about 8.15, I could hear them coming. And a bunch of teenage thugs just stole all the rest of the kids' candy out of the candy dish, and we were done. So They I can't, took the whole bowl? Yeah, I can't even risk it anymore. And then I like started to chase them down the street, and my wife was like, you can't do that. I was like, but they stole the candy. She's like, this is not going to end well for you. Stop. Okay, so Kevin asked us, and we were both like, yeah, no, we don't have any crazy Halloween plans. You're the young one in the room. Yeah, what are you doing, what Kevin? What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to drink some uh, hard cider. Um, like, are you, are, you, are you are you going to be lonely, like, uh, in a lonely fashion, hanging out on your porch drinking this, or in the backyard? Are you going somewhere? He doesn't um, drink alone. I'm probably going to hang out with a couple friends, yeah. and, you know, we're probably going to dress up and smash some pumpkins. Well, and this <laughs> might be a great time. <laughs> well, How old are you? We're going to smash some pumpkins. Like a 14-year-old? You you're going to just take, a, like, a bat? And, like, hit the pumpkins? Oh, no. You just use your hands. You just throw it on the ground. What? I must know more. <laughs> Start talking, buddy. Are these, like, I'm going to my friend's house, and Fred's dad has some excess pumpkins because he's a pumpkin farmer, and we must do something with them. Oh, you get it from the neighbors. <laughs> so, Are for- you lifting them from the neighbors? Or are you, are like, going up, do you have any pumpkins you're not using so I may smash them? Tell. Well, tell. after a certain time on Halloween night, uh, yeah. you know, when it... When it turns to midnight, uh-huh. they're not using the pumpkins yeah. anymore. And so, so you're going to permanently borrow them? Yeah, basically. <laughs> now, don't take any that any children have carved. Uh, I can't believe you what just happening oh. here? You just admitted Look, I, I got, on the radio <laughs> that you're going to boost your neighbor's pumpkins. Look, I've got, I've got morals. Uh, <laughs> I won't take any carved pumpkins. Look, the kids put a lot of time in that, and I realize You that. know, the mafia used to be that you can't take from women and children, right? <laughs> That's Kevin with the pumpkins. You rich people, though, you're going to pay big time. So Wait, you so, so you take these pumpkins and just throw them on the ground? Look, I... Okay. He's already. It's been a long time since I've done this. This, yeah. was, this was back in the day. He's now uh, admitted to multiple felonies on the radio. Is Abdul still here? I I think we may have a future politician this, this was, on our hands. This was like some high school antics. What back would you in the do? You I just got. would take them and throw them on the ground, and that made you feel better, or what? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. Uh, I guess it's empowering to do it. <laughs> have you ever heard of this? <laughs> It's even Smashing better. Smashing pumpkins? You, like people th- just throwing pumpkins on the ground? I've had I've had pumpkins smashed off my porch. Really? Yeah. From hooligans like people named Kevin <laughs> who come and take my pumpkins. This is unbelievable. You leave my pumpkins alone. Yeah, I don't do this anymore. I should just clarify. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was just kind of joking it's around. It's just amazing. But- that I mean, that is the most towny thing ever, Kevin. Like that is the most. You are just, uh, you are just a DUI and a motor scooter away from being just a, an official townie yeah. down there. Well, yeah, I mean, just you know, back in the day on Halloween, you smash pumpkins, and on Fourth of July, you light uh, toys, uh, you light fireworks on uh, toys, <laughs> blow what? them up. What? This is a whole new side of him. With you, you do what? So like, uh, <laughs> basically, you know, like uh, you'd 
we would have like some old McDonald's, you know, Happy Meal toys uh-huh. that we had collected. Did you over steal the those years. from children too? No, that was just from my childhood. Oh, okay, but, sure, you know, right. Like in, He's in blowing high school, up his own old toys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would just uh, what do you put like the firecrackers mm-hmm. or whatever on it, mm-hmm. and you just blow them up. Okay, now my brother used to do that when I was young. He would, he had, I remember he had a G.I. Joe, and he would take the jacket off the G.I. Joe and put firecrackers in it. Yeah. And it would tear up the jacket, but that made him look like he had gone to war. Yeah, see, it's a normal thing. A lot of people do it. I don't know if that's a normal I know this is radio because I should be talking, but I hope people in the YouTube can see like my face. I'm just... Rob is rolling his eyes a little. This is why you should never... This is Right here. Okay, right here is why Ted Bundy got away with it for so long. Because people judge people by just a quick interaction. Mm -hmm. So I trained Kevin when he first started here when I was uh, the producer for the two two women. Mm Mm-hmm. What was their names? Mock and uh, Daisy. Mock and Daisy, yes. And uh, that got a huge reaction last night, Casey tonight with WIBC. And I, when I first met Kevin, he, I was like the sweetest guy, and I was like, oh, look at this little person. I just want to <laughs> just hang on to him and just, mold him and shape him. You, you and... feel like he'll be working at various soup kitchens across <laughs> Central Indiana, and oh my gosh, he's the sweetest, most nicest guy. And as we have come to know Kevin, uh-huh. we have he likes to have a, an adult libation. He like he is a binge drinking, pumpkin smashing. Toy lighting on firing, drum slamming, maniac mm-hmm. man. So and you're I, comparing me to Ted Bundy. Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying this is why you have to get to know the person before you get in a car with them. I'm not saying you would do that. I'm just saying look at all the things about you that I never knew that are just totally true, and it it makes you more intriguing to our audience, Kevin. Thank you. Smashing That's- pumpkins used to be used as good luck, especially when people would buy a new home. They would smash a pumpkin outside of the what? home. Yeah, it's a, it's an old wives' tale. It's supposed to ward off evil spirits. Is this spirit. a South Bend thing? I think it's thing? like an old Celtic tradition. Yeah. What? what? No, that wasn't a South Bend thing. You would... What? See, he knows this Congratulations, uh, Mrs. Daniels. You've closed on your home. Mm-hmm. Here, in addition to your keys, is a pumpkin to smash. <laughs> well, it's kind of like people bury a statue of... Joseph St. Yeah. Joe in the yard. You've heard this one too, right? I think I've heard that. Yeah, these are some Catholic traditions. Right. But you're not doing it to ward off evil spirits. You're just doing it. He's doing it to attract um, them. It's too tempting to have that orb in your hand and not slam it down on the ground. Yeah, it's thrilling. That is amazing. Never in my entire life, <laughs> and I've had pumpkins since I was a little kid, have I ever thought, I feel so compelled to throw this thing on the ground. Never? Never. Do you not want to pop bubble wrap either when that's in your hand? You don't get tempted to pop that little bubble? Yeah, what's wrong with I you? I don't compare throwing <laughs> a, a, a plant. Isn't a pumpkin a plant? It's, it's a, a plant, gourd, right? Gourd, yeah. vegetable. Smashing it to smithereens to popping a piece of bubble wrap. Yeah, it's just one of those feelings you get. It's in your hand. You just want to... Well, this segment has just totally been... I, I know. He started it when well, he played Thriller well, from Michael Jackson. I wanted to get into the fact that we have to set our clocks back, but I didn't even get to that. How so. about this? How about this? Tonight, on The Circle, mm-hmm. we meet up, let's say like uh, <laughs> no. 11 p.m. No. Kevin. I'll bring some pumpkins. I'm not condoning this. We're going to commercial break. It's Kendall and Casey. I'm old, Kevin. WIBC. Press the button, Kevin. So a growing number of prominent Republicans are warning that President Trump should not run again in 24. 
or that he'll lose if he does. So you've got Mike Pence saying this. You've got Paul Ryan saying this. You've got Jeb Bush saying this. And then on the other side, you've got, who is it? Uh, on the Trump truths. Yeah. Who was it? Megyn Kelly. Yes. Was saying that Trump's the only one who can win. Well, right. So, so Trump put out, look, Trump's feeling the heat on this, okay? Because uh, Trump knows what's going on because Trump, whatever you want to say about him, ain't no dummy. And Trump, you don't become a billionaire by not knowing how to read a room and not knowing where people are at and what they need and how they need to get there. And so the usual suspects obviously are speaking out. And you mentioned mm-hmm. them, Paul Ryan mm-hmm. and Bush and Pence. And The Hill had an article about this, you know, and you would expect that from those people. Well, the, Mitch McConnell even said that he shouldn't run again. And so the problem is you're starting to see more and more of the people who have previously, while you knew what they thought, kept their mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And as the DeSantis, look, anybody else other than Trump or DeSantis who thinks they're going to be Republican nominee for president is needs to be locked up somewhere because they are not well. I mean, this is a two two person race. It will be a two person race. You got two choices. Choose wisely. When DeSantis wins and wins, I mean, they're talking double digits now at this point. You're talking about for the race in Florida for right. the governor. Now we have, I mean, I, I look, if you'd have told, asked me a month ago, DeSantis is going to win by double digits, I said, no, I think it'll win by the 5%, which is why I gave that, that number. I thought that was kind of the key number. You are going to see a cavalcade of people just it's not even leaving Trump it's just wising up to the idea we want to win this guy just boat raced his opponent in the swingiest of swing states in the nation or the once most coveted swing state in the nation and so why would we want to deal with this and so what I thought was interesting was Trump's response to what is becoming a louder chorus is on his truth social media he posted a video, which was, a, I guess you would call this the opening salvo in a swipe against and at Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Let's play a little bit of this video that Trump has of various media people talking about Trump and DeSantis. Well, I just don't think anybody else could win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, really? I don't so you, know. you think if they got on a stage, you, you don't think that DeSantis is, is crafty enough or no. stands enough to, really? No. I don't even think that a little. Um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, hmm. no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy-wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. He can't. You really think the hardcore MAGA is going to abandon Trump for DeSantis? They're not. They they like DeSantis, but they don't think it's his turn. They think Trump was screwed out of his last election, that he was screwed out of his first term by all the craziness and the Russia gate and so on. And they think he's he is entitled. He deserves another shot at it. Hmm. Like the hardcore Trump faithful is unshakable. They like DeSantis, but they would never cross Trump for him. And they think that DeSantis owes his political career to Trump. Like, if forced to choose, they will choose Trump. So DeSantis can't take him down. It's like the line in War Games, the only winning move is not to play. DeSantis has got to either be crowned by Trump um, or he shouldn't run. He won't win over Trump. I'll stand by that. You can play it against me if I'm wrong, but I won't be. Hmm. Okay, well, she was a person who thought Trump had no chance to win in 2016. So take her for whatever you know, with a grain of salt. 
and this always makes me so mad about the people that are, and I see people say this. She is right on one thing where she goes, well, there are people that believe he owes his career to Trump. Someone helping you and having a sense of gratification to them and thankfulness to them for their help does not mean you are forever subservient to them. It's like Hammer helped me get in this building, mm-hmm. okay? But Hammer doesn't walk around here every day going, you owe everything to me because I did it once I got in here. If no one had wanted to listen to me or the ratings had been terrible or whatever, they wouldn't have kept me in here because, well, Hammer's a big proponent of Rob. It's like the, you know, that is just, that's always the most laughable thing in the world to me. And Hammer wouldn't do that because Hammer is not a contrary to what he portrays here on the radio is not a self-absorbed egomaniac he's a good dude right he helped a friend mm-hmm. who he thought knew had some talents that this guy will be good for the radio station yeah Tr- trump but then you got to take over and do it yourself exactly but then yeah. trump the fact that he's putting this out there is everything about why trump should not be the republican nominee because it's all about him right now i saw the thing earlier today trump's doing an event for rubio mm-hmm. and not desantis now maybe desantis was like dude don't need you don't want you whatever but the fact that Trump is not saying things about DeSantis when it should be about the team, right? Mm-hmm. We all want a better America. Ron DeSantis is the best governor in America. It doesn't matter whether he's going to run against you in the future. If you're really about the people and the cause, you work for the people or work to help the people who are best for this country. And the fact that Trump is not only not doing anything, he's going out of his way to make sure that people know, ha, huh, Megyn Kelly, who Trump hates, by the way. Mm-hmm. They, remember they got into it? Mm-hmm. Remember he, she was bleeding badly from a mm-hmm. whatever, or eye or something, whatever. Remember, that was a huge thing. It's not like he's a fan of hers. It's not like it's, a, you know, this is just another example. The dude is totally in it for himself. He doesn't care about anything but himself, and he is not capable of coalition building. And I think so many people are going to see this after Election Day in Florida. I think it's interesting the polling that has gone on. So if you look back in late August, there was a USA Today poll that said 59% of people favor Trump. And then came out this Harvard-Harris poll a month later, and they said, no, it's 55% of Republican voters say that they want Trump. And then just this past week, the latest ABC poll said Nope, 72% want somebody else. They want DeSantis over Trump at 64%. So you've seen his polling kind of trending down. It, they're, 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 uh, the key for Ron DeSantis is going to be two things. One, obviously, he's getting through Election Day, winning by more than 5%. He's, he's going to do that. But mm-hmm. let's just, for now, keep that in the pile because it hasn't happened. But then the next thing he's going to have to do is he's going to have to do two two things that'll be very important and he'll have to start doing them very quickly. One is start to choke off some of Trump's money because Trump's got a world of problems right now that do not relate to running for president that he's been, at least in some capacity, using money to help him mm-hmm. le- legally. He's mm-hmm. not doing anything illegal, but he's do- using that money to help him with those right. issues. If DeSantis can start defraying or choking off the money going to Trump and going to DeSantis, it will be of an immense benefit because Trump is on borrowed time with that money. 
He's, Isn't DeSantis raising more than Trump at this point? He, he is, but but it's a different ball game when you're running for president, yeah. right? He's the, and, and he's the Republican America's favorite governor. The other thing he's going to have to do, and this will be so important is he's going to have to coalition build. And I'm not just talking about in terms of people who will support you. I'm talking about keeping people from running. Because, yes, Trump has a loyal group of supporters that are unbreakable, that are probably in the 30 to 35% range of the Republican Party. Like, no matter what you say, think, or do, they, these people are not going to leave Donald Trump. Doesn't matter. Ron DeSantis, Reagan could you know rise from the grave. It, it doesn't matter. They're not leaving Trump. So if you've got 10 Chris Christie-esque goober people up there <laughs> pulling between 3 and 6%, mm-hmm. well, that's going to choke off a huge group of people who, if we coalition build and say, look, it's a two-horse race, we got to pick one of these guys, we don't necessarily love DeSantis, but he ain't Trump. If DeSantis can keep those guys out of the race mm-hmm. to where they're not pulling that 3 to 6% and they all go to DeSantis, well, he'll win easily. This is, I mean, it, there are things he's got to do, and DeSantis knows these things, and they will start to take place relatively quickly after election night. After the midterms, yeah. 40 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Jen O'Malley. This is Biden's deputy chief of staff. And she went on MSNBC, and she was, well, she attempted to defend the economy. MSNBC, surprisingly, I'm telling you, I think there's something going on over there because they've been changing their tune on some stuff. They weren't having any of it. Yeah, it's so bad now that even MSNBC is like, whoa. Yeah, take a listen to this. As you point out, though, the White House argument has been the same all year long. For months, he's been making this argument. And yet our latest poll here at NBC shows only 16 percent believe the economy is excellent or good. Fifty nine percent expect a recession within a year. So why isn't that argument working? Well, look, I think, first of all, it's not just an argument he's making. He's delivering for the American people. This isn't just about a point not of buying view. it. So I think, obviously, as the president, if he were here and as he's doing today, he's crossing the country, highlighting the exact things that are impacting the American people. And- mm-hmm. The spin works in the abstract, and we've talked about this before. The spin works when it's something that isn't either A, thrust directly in your face, or B, doesn't affect you. And the problem with the spin is that when it is an issue that affects every single American, which is the economy, it is food, it is gas, it is the ability to buy a home, you can't tell people what you're actually experiencing isn't what you're actually experiencing. this isn't happening to you. Right, that's why the tax argument always works, right? It's like, it's the rich guy's fault. Tax the rich. Well, most people aren't rich, so they go, okay. When in reality, it's the government's fault, the size of government, the scope, scope, scope of government, involvement of government. But you can make that argument, right? It's someone else's fault that you aren't getting ahead. I just broke a microphone there, I think. If you, uh, if you just do this to these people, your life will be better. Well, okay, that's ridiculous and stupid, but you can sell that to someone. But when it's a thing that they can't run away from. Mm-hmm. Every time you go to the store, it's right there. Every time you get gas, it's right there. There's no, there's no way to manipulate it. And they keep trying to manipulate it. Well, and she asked, why isn't this argument working? Because we can fact check it ourselves. Right. We don't need somebody else to tell us, oh, no, no, it's all good when you see it for yourself. You can't, you can't spin your way out of a blatant lie 
that's right in front of you. And when you realize that they will lie to you about something as blatantly obvious as this, you have to realize they're lying to you on this same level, just about everything else that you just can't so easily disprove. Mm -hmm. This is your government, people. Why am I the way that I am? Because this is your government. They do this. The government does this on every single thing. It's like the other night when I went to that Hamilton County fall dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. A state rep who his wife is a huge fan of the show, and I've said I will not name him because we can't lose any fans because she, she, maybe she has a meter. I don't know. But point is, he comes up to me, and he's a very nice guy, and he's giving me the you know the nice spiel, and, and uh, you know we're talking about politics. He's trying to sell me on Republicans. I said, look, dude, you're sitting on $1,500 of my money, and you gave me 200 of it back, mm-hmm. and you guys threw yourself a parade. And he attempts to spin it to me like, well, there's this money from the federal government that's not coming back. And then there's this thing. And we're being super fiscally conscientious of what's... You're sitting on my money. It's... You're you're not... I said, why aren't you advocating that? Okay, then we'll shrink the government if the federal money doesn't come in. Well, no, you're trying... This is what all these people do. They take and they take and they take and they take and they destroy and they destroy and they destroy and they destroy and they they spin it to you like they are doing something great, whether it's Jen O'Malley or state reps here or whoever. It's government. It's not a party thing. It's a government thing. Well, Rob, there is good news. Your president has never been more optimistic about our future. And it creates jobs and it creates industries. It demonstrates we're all in this together. And that's what today's all about. I've never, and I mean it sincerely, I've never been more optimistic in my life about America's future. See? Feel better? No? He's never been more optimistic. Did he mean his own future? And this is the other problem, right? The politicians never feel the pain. You know who feels the pain? You. Joe Biden is motorcaded mm-hmm. wherever he goes. Joe Biden has a house provided by the taxpayers. He has meals provided by the taxpayers. Joe Biden has leached and grifted off the taxpayers for 50 years. Same thing here. Remember in Indiana when the whole COVID thing happened and Holcomb shut the state down. Who didn't miss a check? The lawmakers. Who didn't miss a check? Eric Holcomb. Who didn't miss a check? Dr. Box, gynecologist, health commissioner. And when they got back in session, what's the first thing the lawmakers did? exempted themselves from a mask mandate. You still had to wear the mask. Mm -hmm. The government and the politicians, regardless of party, are not your friend and they never feel the pain. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You hear them howling around your kitchen door. You better not let them in. So newspaper endorsements are fading away as prizes. What, were you saying something? No, I were you just, singing? Yo, Kevin had just a... Yeah, I was just going to make a comment. You always save the best song for last. <laughs> Sorry. This is his encore, huh? You know, it's a, it's a great tragedy. Tragedy is probably a strong word. It's usually something more serious than this, but Warren Zevon... <laughs> what? <laughs> Warren Zevon had so many... Lyrically phenomenal songs. Uh-huh. And this is the song he's remembered for. Yeah. The Werewolves of London. I mean, and it pops up every Halloween mm-hmm. and then not even about Halloween. And you know, it just it's just that's not right, but it is what it is. So sorry. What's your favorite? 
Warren Zevon song? Yeah. Uh, he did a song called uh, Rollin' the Headless Thompson Gunner that's pretty awesome. Uh, well, that's an awesome title. Yeah. Uh, it's, he had t- uh, Poor, Poor, Pitiful <laughs> Me is great. Desperado's Under the Eaves. Genie Needs a Shooter. Warren Zevon is one of those little forgotten just American treasures that we should just pull out on a daily basis and hug and thank it for its existence. And tragically, instead of doing that, we stick it in a box in the attic somewhere and once a year we pull out just a fraction of the treasure. Well, he'll always be appreciated on these airwaves. That's right. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin. So let's talk about these newspaper endorsements. They're kind of fading away, Rob. Uh, Earlier this month, newspapers controlled by Alden Global Capital said they would no longer endorse candidates for president, governor, or U.S. Senate. So that used to be the thing. The newspaper would come out and we're endorsing this person and it would mean something. It carried a little bit of weight. Yes. But not so much anymore. And in fact, so much less that newspapers are not even doing it. Well, newspapers are dying as a, obviously, as a a collective. You know, it's it's interesting because my grandparents' generation... Like my grandparents did the same thing basically every day throughout their you know adult lives, which was you know basically every night at six o'clock, it was the you know the nightly news with Walter Cronkite, you know, and then obviously people came after him, but it was you know the the pattern behavior of the greatest generation, they would always do the the same thing, and so a central source. When when media, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. When media was centralized, one source had immense power in order to shift the narrative. Right. That's when Johnson decided not to run. When Cronkite declares, you know, he's lost, you know, lost Vietnam. That doesn't exist anymore because people get their information from so many wide swaths, mm-hmm. and there is so easy access to information that one group does not have near the power or in many ways any power the way it used used to have yeah in 2016 57 of the biggest newspapers in the country endorsed hillary clinton yeah and only two endorsed donald trump so at this point picking a candidate has the potential to alienate some sure. readers. It does. It's like Indy Star. Like they may be turning off their consumers. Yeah, Indy Star has been like super critical of Diego Morales. Briggs wrote another thing the other day, and it's like, dude, you're not swaying anyone anymore at this point if you're Indy Star because the people who read Indy Star don't like Republicans already for the most part, and they're certainly not going to like Diego. So that's not moving anything. Now, us being critical, clearly moving the needle. You heard it last night at night with WIBC. How many people came up? I'm voting for Jeff Moore. Mm-hmm. I'm voting, you know, not nearly as many, but as many. I'm voting for James Siniak, or I didn't vote for Todd Young. You know, I heard that pretty prominently. When it's places like this who are the conservative voice, when we're critical of a Republican or conservative, it gets people thinking because we're talking to like-minded people. But these major newspapers anymore, because of the radical leftism that they put forward for years and years and years, have alienated so many readers Mm -hmm. that it's not really swaying. Like maybe inside a Democrat primary, IndyStar might have some influence because it's predominantly Democrats reading. But for the most part, you're not moving the needle because people aren't forced to go to one source to get their information anymore. Right. So does the endorsement even matter anymore? And most people know which way a paper leans. Right. So 
it's almost an expectation at this point, not necessarily a prize. So if Indie Star, for example, came out and endorsed right. McDermott or, you know, you almost expect that from them. But uh, to reverse that, too, and it was I know it wasn't an editorial, but the piece Indie Star did yesterday on McDermott and this podcast mm-hmm. that he's got and all the red flags raised from that taking money from people who are doing business Makes with you the pay city. attention. It does, because yeah. it was Indie Star talking about a Democrat. It's sort of like the same thing that we do here, but on on the on the other side. I think the biggest part of this is people now have options. They have the ability to check and balance what mm-hmm. people say. And the people who are going to read a newspaper now are more apt to also find it somewhere else. Right. They'll go looking for that information elsewhere. All right. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. And thank you, everybody who came out to see us last night at A Night with WIBC. We will be back here Monday, and we're going to count on you to do the same. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Have a great weekend.